0: Hello, and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This week's episode is with Thaddeus James, who's a creative producer at Race Service. And what he does as a professional is something that I think anyone listening to this podcast would be extremely interested in hearing about. And that's exactly the point of this episode. Thaddeus is a pretty behind-the-scenes quiet dude. But we were talking, and he really has a strong purpose in wanting to help other creatives accomplish their dreams and get to where they want to go. So when we were talking about this podcast, we wanted to do the episode very specifically about how to get that next step further in accomplishing your dreams and getting closer to that dream job in a creative career. There's a lot of lessons that he learned in his story that I think will be helpful for anyone anywhere in your career and where you're at, as long as you're a creative and you're trying to do stuff that you care about and love. Lastly, let us know if this episode is helpful for you that is is pretty behind the scenes, but before we started recording, he said that if this episode helped one person and one person alone, it would be worth it. So to me, it would mean a lot if you share this episode with any of your friends that need to hear it or that would benefit from it, and then shoot him a message and let him know if it helped you, because that would make my day having people hit him up and letting him know that it was in fact a helpful episode. So there it is, let's get into it. Where are all my friends? Thaddeus James. It's about damn time. This is an episode that I'm really excited about because we've been friends for a minute now. Mm -hmm. It's an episode that made a lot of sense to do, but in the same sense, it's kind of an unlikely episode because as much as you are deep in music as a consumer and a Mm -hmm. fan of music, you have a creative career a little bit outside of music. But we were talking one day at race service and we started talking about exactly what your job is. And just how cool that is when you really think about it and how much the skills that you've learned and the lessons you've learned could be extremely helpful for anyone that's trying to get a start in a creative career. So when we started talking about that, my gears started spinning. I was like, we need to do an episode. So I'm very excited to hear your story because there's bits of like your come up story that I don't really know. But then I'm also really excited to dig into some actionable advice that we can give to anybody who's trying to get into like a dope creative job. 100%. So let's do it. I'm excited It had, had, had to be done. It had to be done. So to start it off very briefly for a listener who doesn't know you, just who you are and what you do. All right. Um,
1: that is James. Grew up skating. Uh, grew up mostly in the Bay Area. Currently, I am a creative producer at Race Service. Take a lot of photos, work with a lot of cool clients, um, a lot of cool people like you guys, and been there for about three years now. And it's taken about three years still learning how to describe what I do, but I don't and think what we do.
0: Anybody at Race Service, there's no, like, what do y'all do here? And it's like, there's a bunch, no elevator really. pitch yet.
1: But <laughs> yeah. um, essentially, if you don't know what Race Service is, we're a creative agency and automotive culture hub we just kind of bring people together through all walks of life of within the automotive industry yeah. sometimes outside just creative cool people coming together um doing cool projects and really just trying to change the game and uh disrupt the space so
0: yeah and for the listeners that's how we met yeah uh you were one of the first people i met there i remember i was looking at ryan turk's gt4586 i was like this thing's crazy and you just came over and you're like yeah it's pretty cool huh this, this and <laughs> this and this and like you just started breaking it down i was like this guy's really nice yeah and then we just started talking we both had skateboarded both new photography and all that and like just became friends yeah but i will always remember how welcoming and how excited you were that day like you just were genuinely so stoked to be there it's
1: every day dude i'd Coming in there, it's like hard not to pinch yourself sometimes, you know. For sure. Just the sheer amount of cool cars and people. It's but yeah, I, I remember that day. That yeah. was a good day.
0: Yeah. It's so cool. And like again, like I I think this podcast will come up and like we'll talk about race service a lot because mm-hmm. it is a big part of your story. It's how we met. I kind of feel like I'm the new kid there with a little bit of what I'm doing with them. But I really do want to focus on you and your story. Because again, as much as that's kind of on the automotive side, I really think that any listener in this podcast will gain so much from understanding your story and understanding the risks you took and the way that you kind of navigated your career early out of school and like how you got to where you're at, Mm -hmm. because this is like kind of the dream job you wanted to get, right?
1: 100%. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big reason why. I agreed to do this you know I'm not usually the one in front of the camera usually behind it but what drives me is like aspiring to inspire people I mean coming up there there's so many people that inspired me even you know every day but it's like what you can learn from those people and um, it's an honor to like be able to like kind of just share a little bit about myself and like how I got to where I'm at because I know there's people all the time hitting me up like how do you how did you, how did you get a job there how do you do what you do like you you have the coolest job in the world. What do you do? Like, right. you know, so it's um it's exciting for me to like kind of share a little bit about that and you know, maybe there's someone out there, you know, that does want to do what we do and like hopefully we can kind of help guide you in the right direction.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Like I remember finding podcasts and you can do YouTube searches and you can find articles and all that and it's very helpful. But there's something to just hearing like an honest conversation with somebody, hearing their come up story and their thought process every step of the way that can be really helpful in getting to your next step, just hearing somebody else's experience, I guess. So to to paint the THAAD picture before we got to the RS days, what was your life? Where did you grow up? Where are you finding interest? Like, where did you first pick up a camera? Like, paint that picture real quick. All right. All right.
1: It all begins Colorado as far as I was born um, near Breckenridge. I, I don't it, know if you knew yeah. that. No,
0: I thought it was Bay Area. Okay,
1: so a yeah. little bit about me. Growing up, I went to 12 different schools. I um, was born in Colorado, lived there till I was about five, moved to LA, lived there for three years, and then moved to Vancouver in Canada, lived there for about three years, and then moved down to Los Gatos, which is kind of by Santa Cruz, if you know where that is. Yeah. And then from there, I moved, like within moving around in those places, but- then moved up to the Bay Area, grew up in Marine County. is where I went to high school. And that's that's home to me. That's where I lived the longest. And then from there, when I was 19, 18, moved down here to Los Angeles to pursue my dreams. But that was kind of my I grew up, you know, constantly making new friends. And I kinda of had to keep myself busy a lot growing up. So naturally skateboarding was something that I attached myself to. That's something you can just go out and skate a curb and have fun for a few hours, and yeah. yeah,
0: dude. That like, as you're saying all of that, so much in my head is clicking. Where I'm just like, damn, like no wonder you're so good at like being social and talking to anyone because you had to, yeah, out of moving. Around I mean, a ton.
1: growing up, it was like me and my my little sister were like best friends because you yeah. know pre- we just moved like pretty much every year. Like I moved to these different cities, but within those cities, we'd always be like moving around, so we'd have to switch schools, this and that, which. I hated at the time, but looking back now, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad, like, all these cool experiences I got to have. I was literally going to ask you
0: that. Like, at the time, it probably sucked. Oh, yeah. But it probably taught you so many social skills and like adaptation skills that you didn't even realize. Yeah. Damn. So
1: that was that. I mean, and then to answer your second question about when did I pick up a camera? I think nine years old. I was really into Star Wars as a kid. And, uh, you know, obviously my, my dad uh, is in the creative, was in the creative industry growing up. So, and we were both into film. So, I always liked films and stuff like that. But I started a YouTube channel making, yeah, making stop motions I'm, with my what? Star Wars figures. Um,
0: That's why when you saw my tattooing poster, you're like, oh shit, it's a print. It's yeah, all clicking now. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm Loki, a Star Wars nerd. That's the first time I picked up a camera, and it was it was doing stop motion films, um, just with my toys as a kid um i used to do the voiceovers i made the sound effects and
0: like windows movie maker type i
1: started with windows movie maker yeah then i got into final cut pro 7 yeah so that was how i learned how to edit and kind of shoot and tell stories and then i grew out of that um when i got into middle school and really got into skateboarding but it, it i still had a camera you know it was like filming friends and stuff so just kind of always had a camera but i never ever thought i would Get into photography. It just it never really excited me as a kid. Even in high school, like I had friends that took photography classes, and I'm like, I don't know. Like I was doing design and graphic design and um, stuff. So I wanted to be an industrial designer, so having a camera never really excited me. Yeah. Until I left high school, and I don't know what it was, but I just like I was like, I I can see I see I see photos like all the time where wherever I go around, I'm like, oh, that that'd be a cool photo or. You know, and so it was just kind of natural for me to, like, want to get into it.
0: Interesting. And then at what age does skateboarding come into the picture? Because you're still such an avid skateboarder. Um, since I was four,
1: wow. I was skating on and off. So, like, when I moved to Canada, I really got into mountain biking. I mean, it was raining all the time, and mountain biking was so huge. in Vancouver I was always into dirt bikes. Like, it just kind of jumped around. But I really got into skateboarding in, in high school just because there was a park down the street from my house, and all my friends skated. So we just... Every day after school, I'd go to Stefano's pizza, get a slice, and then go down to the park. Like,
0: like that feeling of just like that routine of like school, and you have that spot, and you just go. Dude, skate. it was like, the best. Take
1: me back. It was the best, dude. And like going up in Marin, it's it's a pretty wealthy county, and all the kids there always had like money from the parents to get a slice. I'll never forget the boy Francisco. But every time we'd go to Stefano's, would be like, oh, my guy, like I don't have I don't have any money for a slice, but could you hook it up?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, I got you." So. It was, it was the best dude. the best days. Yeah. Shout out Francisco. Holy shit. Free slices at Stefano's, dude.
0: Damn. Okay. So cameras and skateboarding is something that you've been around for a long time. It's been a
1: constant. Yeah.
0: But more again, like you were just having fun with it. Thought you'd be an industrial designer. Mm -hmm. And then you graduate high school in Mm -hmm. what city again? Uh, I went to Redwood
1: High School in Corte Madera, which is Marin County. Yep. It's like 15 minutes north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay. Graduated in 2015. Then I went to school, um, College of Marin for a couple of years. And that's actually when I bought my first camera. It was a T5, Canon T5. I had a T3i that I used to shoot with, but um, it was like my friend's camera that he just, he didn't know what to do with it and loaned it to me. So we'd shoot skate videos. But when I bought my own camera, it was a T5. I had a kit lens. And I just, we'd go on hikes and I would just shoot stuff. Like, I was really into street photography. Like, it was that walking around the street seeing photos that really got me into photography. Yeah. And so, yeah, I got the T5 and then just was hooked instantly. Um, got my, got a nifty 50, 50 millimeter 1.8. And that's, that's what really changed the game for game me. Game over. Oh, depth yeah. of field. Yeah. What? What is this? What? My photos have depth and bouquet. Oh, yeah. I guess. To go with skateboarding and cameras, that's about the same time that cars were introduced into my life. Mm-hmm. Another big, big part. Mm-hmm. I got my license. I think when I was seventeen, I got my mom's Subaru Impreza, and you know, used to rip that thing, <laughs>
0: blew up an engine or two. <laughs> yeah, <too. laughs>
1: I I told her it wasn't my fault, but uh, that she knew it was my fault. Yeah, so I got into cars, and then I was like, well, cars, cameras, like. These are kind of my two passions right now. Skateboarding was cool, but I was never gonna like pursue to be a professional skateboarder. And, and you know, which just, is that was so
0: it. crazy to me because I watch you skate now, and you can do like tray flips on command. And, yeah, like, you're good. It's so it's funny. Like, I
1: mean, I'm I'm decent, but like, have you seen kids skate these days? Yes, it's, it's insane. Yes,
0: it's, it's just true. weird that you're one of the best skateboarders that I know right now that does it for fun, yeah. and you still had that awareness where you're like, I'm not going pro.
1: Yeah, and just like the hustle of it. I mean. I skate to have fun, so at the end yeah. of the day, I'll just yeah. keep it that way.
0: But, so you're picking up cars, photography. So, so cars
1: and cameras. I also got Instagram for the first time when I got, I got my first phone, like, senior year of high school. I was off, I mean, my first iPhone. Yeah. like I, I, I didn't really care about it, but um eventually I gave in. And then I was introduced to, like, Instagram and seeing these people make money, like, traveling the world shooting cars. And, like, I wanted to be an industrial designer, but that was always kind of, like something that was I thought was cool. You know, I looked up to people like Larry Chen and stuff and was like, well, this is cool. Like they're going to all these cool places and shooting all these cool races and like getting really cool stuff. I'm like, oh this this is rad. And then I kind of wanted to like see what I could do even as like a side hustle. So after the second motor I blew in my Subaru. It, once it got fixed, I sold that I sold the Subaru and spent half the money I made on an E thirty six. That's how I got introduced to an 36 I'm like, this is a cheap, fun car. I really like how they look. And then I spent the other half on a Canon 6D. Like, oh. I just spent all the money I sold it on a, on a car and a camera. Yep. <laughs> Funny solid enough. Code. Yeah, Honestly. solid. Honestly, well, yeah, when you're 18. like
0: Really good investments that, if you think about it, have really held up in value. You can still turn a 6D 100%. and an e 36 has gone up in value. That's,
1: so. That 6D lasted me like five years and paid for itself like three times over. Yeah. So... The E thirty six, that's that's a different story. That's that's a money pit. Yeah, maybe money. But I still got it. Yeah. You know? So I got the 6D and just wanted to like get I, I had no idea what I was what I was really doing. I was just out in the streets of San Francisco by myself, like headphones in, walking around, taking photos. I used to work as a server at a restaurant and like across the street there was a Barnes Noble. Like every day I was in Barnes and Noble, like before work or after work just reading photography magazines, really, car magazines. Like that's, that's kind of how I learned photography yeah. was just, well, what settings do I use? Oh, like what, what is the shutter? Sp- like I learned how to expose an image through like reading magazines of Barnes and Noble. No,
0: like not even like Googling it, but like, nah, up, I mean like, I'd reading. Google
1: it, but like what I remember is like from these, from Canon photo magazines and uh, all that. Yeah. Uh yeah because
0: it was different like it was like yeah information was totally on the internet but it was also like you would it almost felt like you were getting better information if you found like the specific publication Mm. and there was like yeah was something to to do before work and like i don't know it was cool i liked looking at the images and there's
1: there's something about print that like you can't you know even looking at the car photo at the car magazines like sure you can look at car photos online but when you're flipping through a magazine like you're so much more connected to the imagery that you're seeing. I would just study the crap out of it, like how they compose this, how, how do they light this or like the way they'd frame the car within the scene. Like I was like a sponge just soaking yes. it all up. Yeah. So
0: that's like an early sign. Like you're saying that and I'm just like, oh, shit, like that's the beginning. Like that's 100%. when your hobby or like when that thing that you're interested in, when you're looking at, at it differently than other people. Mm-hmm. When one friend would see a magazine page and the like, car looks sick. And you're just like, why does it look sick? How is it framed? Exactly. like that? How did they position the wheels? And again, that doesn't have to be cars. It could be anything. It's like somebody getting into music. It's like, this song sounds great. What sample did they like? Mm -hmm. What tones did they use here? Like any type of like video, photo. Like it's when you start analyzing it in that next level that you're like, oh, yeah, they're onto something.
1: It's when you're like so consumed and, and passionate about something that you like reverse engineer the crap out of it so that you like really understand it because like you just want to soak everything up yeah so that was was like how it started for me and then there was cars and coffee san francisco it was like super sick car meet on treasure island and there's a facebook group page back when you know facebook was kind of a thing yeah what really kicked it off for me was i sent i just made a post in the group i was like hey um I'll, i'll do free photo shoots for anyone that hits me up sunrise before the, the the car event and i got like four people to hit me up drove there at like four in the morning and just did these free photo shoots it was the most epic sunrise like we went to the alameda shipping docks there was like all these navy ships and like the ground was all wet so you got cool reflections of like the sunrise and stuff and i got some of the like at the time like best car images ever and i was just like instantly hooked made these connections with these guys and then like they'd come back for paid photo shoots and stuff and I'd meet people through them and that's really what like kicked it all off was I bought the sixty. I had my fifty one point eight. Yeah. I reached I just wanted to shoot some cool cars and made a post yeah in Facebook like free photo shoots, you know, I, I don't care. Like I just I just genuinely loved it and like yeah wanted to do it. So then I was I was hooked. Um I was still trying to go to school for industrial design but I kind of felt inside that I was like, uh, oh, this is this is what I want to do. You could start to feel you're like, yeah. shit,
0: I'm kinda of onto something here. Yeah, and I was you like, could
1: feel that that I f- spark. I feel like this is more more me than yeah. like, you know, drawing and designing. As much as I love industrial design and just design in general and, and all that, it's just like I was like, oh, this is my brain works well with like, <laughs> you know,
0: yes, with imagery. So Yes. Yeah. But that's the beginning. You painted that well. So then fast forward me to the start of getting involved with race service because that's important for your story Mm -hmm. and like what that's become. And then we'll like start reverse engineering and like answering some questions in that. Okay. Well,
1: I think it starts with my move down to LA. There wasn't a whole lot in that industry up north in in the Bay Area of like stuff I want to do. Everybody I looked up to was was down in LA. Um, So I kind of just I, I sold my 836 36 to my buddy at, uh, after it got keyed actually by my neighbors who hated the loud exhaust. So I took the insurance money from that and then sold it to my buddy for super cheap and just used my savings to to move me down to LA. I moved to Pasadena to go to school go to school at Art Center for Industrial Design. Oh shit! But also simultaneously to just be around more cars and and people and and cool places to shoot and cool people to meet and stuff like that so just sent it down here i lived with like five people in a two-bedroom apartment for three months like my bed was like up against a kitchen counter i just i just fully sent it like i was like whatever i'm just gonna go
0: how much money did you have i think that's an important question how much money did i have what what did you do this move on how much hopes and dreams were we talking like three grand (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was
1: great though my spot was like 500 bucks Um, it just there was a couple that there's two bedrooms one of them was occupied by a couple the other was occupied by a student at art center and then me and uh, my buddy jordan from high school split the living room and it was uh it was an experience dude i will i won't won't ever forget it honestly it i was just happy to be there yeah and like would do anything i could to get there and the restaurant i worked at in the bay had another location down there so i was able to transfer and. So I had, I had a good job, just anything to get out there. I just, I wanted to. Yeah. And so from there, I just kind of kept building my portfolio with, with on the side out of work um, and school. I was going to Santa Monica college and was just meeting people at car meets and hitting people up. And then somehow found my way into like music and fashion and then kind of forgot about cars for a little bit, Mm. but it was just the photography stuff that drove me. Like I was like, okay, cars are cool, but like, wow, actually shooting people and like events and, and stuff like that is is fun too. So I think that really kind of helped round everything out. But yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with this. Other than no, like, no, no, no. I, just I just sent I, I just sent it out here. So I guess the lesson there is like if you dare to dream, just just go for it. Like just see where it takes you. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's exactly what I did. I just was like, all right, well. You know, I can keep doing this, or I could do what I want to do. And I had a feeling inside that it was down, down here. Yeah, I was like, I'm
0: just, I'm just gonna go. All right. So you're up in the Bay Area. You're finished high school, bit of college, but then you send it to LA. Mm-hmm. Sends it to LA
1: with you know a couple grand and a dream. Moved to Pasadena with my buddy Jordan, uh, with the goals to go to Art Center for industrial design yeah. and to just meet people in the car industry and and stuff like that. From there, just kind of kept building my portfolio and kept chasing the dream that I wanted, which as I was building my portfolio, I was just you know learning about studios or agencies and places that I wanted to work at. So I had this list of 20 20 places that I wanted to work at, um, that I would like to work at. Yeah. Um, So one day I just heads down in the library at SMC, applied to Every single place with with an, a personal email per place um, and a link to my portfolio. But one place really stood out. That was the one place that actually hit me back with within about ten minutes. Um, James James Kirkham hit me hit me back ten minutes. Told me hey shout out why don't you come by the shop today? And I was super excited. So I guess for the audience, race service
0: is. Yeah, let's let's like proper paint this well, right now. So race services is who hit me up. Right. Or hit me back. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was different at the time. It was. It was a it very was. promising, cool thing, but knew, it was not nearly as defined and evolved. I, I knew who was involved. Like
1: I, I did my research, Ryan Turk, Chris mm-hmm. Forsberg, James Kirkham, Jacob,
0: like all the guys. And for any of the music listeners that don't know Car scene as well really, really well-respected, very good at their job people that have done really dope shit yeah, exactly. for the automotive industry.
1: People that, that I looked up to and wanted yes. to work with. So that was the anomaly to me because it was close to my house. It was, it was a cool space. I, I didn't, they were like in the middle of building it and I was like very interested. It was, it was the one place on that list of 20 that I wanted to to really work at. So, getting
0: like, that email back, you're like, oh shit. Yeah, it was within <laughs> 10 minutes. So yeah, I was like, like oh, that's what?
1: insane. I was like, all right, cool. I'd stop by that day. So, but yeah, going back to it, Race Service is a creative agency at its, at its core, but yep. also at its core, it's an automotive culture hub. You know, we got people from all walks in the industry um, yeah. just working on cool projects. Um, we have a really badass list of clientele.
0: Yeah, like Hot think-
1: Wheels, Snap-on, F1, Aston Martin, like the list, Dude, the list just goes on going. and everyone there just works so hard to to create great work. And
0: yeah, and like I'll jump in here. So like, again, explaining it, the reason why I want to explain this is it's essentially just like whatever your creative field is, like for us car nerds it's like the Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Like it's the people that are setting the bar, right? Like it's like you walk in and it's beautiful. It's designed by Nico or Ornamental Conifer, who's like a very respected artist in the space and even outside of the space. And everything has intention and detail. And it's just so, you can tell people that are there care. And I think that all of us in our creative journey have seen that spot or those people or those groups. And that's what's so important about explaining race service. For the people that know that are listening, they're like, yeah, probably that's about, yeah. it's Kind of hard to explain, but it's really cool. But for anybody who doesn't know, I think the thing to explain is just that like, Thad found his place. Like you found that that bar Mm -hmm. and that like kind of dream of like, oh shit, this is my people, the fact that they hit you back. And then you evolved with it. Like you were saying, like you started by building walls and like doing like yeah. whatever work. Like it wasn't just like, hey, you have to be good at photos. It was like, you have to be good at doing work. You have to be good at like just building something with a team and getting along with these people and very startup vibes.
1: Oh, 100%. The way
0: that people talk about like in business, like startups, yeah. where it's like nobody really has a title. Like you just do what needs to get done. Yeah. I mean, titles are
1: titles, you know, but like everybody there wears so many hats. And if you can hustle hard and yeah. you've got a good attitude and you know you're you're kind and passionate then you know you're welcome anytime yeah and especially for for a role there i right. think that's what makes our team so awesome is that everybody there shares the same Qualities of you just of, feel it. Like, yeah, you can't it's, fake that. When you walk into that space, it's it's a vibe. Yes, like, you get it. It's it's one of a kind. yeah it's a
0: vibe. The reason I wanted to explain that is like at a pretty young age, you really, in a lot of ways, got like your dream job. Mm-hmm. But it didn't start as a dream job. It started as you being like, "Yeah, cool, I'll build walls and do shit as an internship, whatever." And then the company grew, yeah. and you grew as well. Hundred percent. And now you have this title that's creative director, mm-hmm. and like there's, I mean, everybody there does crazy cool stuff, but because the company has grown and because they believed in you, you've now been able to do really cool stuff in your career Mm -hmm. and take on a pretty high role in doing it. Mm -hmm. Like you're directing some of the pieces. And like, recently you and I worked on something that you directed and like- Which is so
1: new for me, but was like so, so awesome and, and such a learning experience. But yeah, growing, growing with the company has, has been huge. I mean, It's been a dream job since the beginning, even when I was building walls, but like I always wanted to to grow quick too. Jacob always said to me, it's like there's there's no role for a photographer here. Like, you know. So I really kind of was quick to adapt. And one day, like they needed help on a video edit. I'm like, Oh, I I know how to edit video. They're like, What? I was like, Yeah, you know, from my stop motion days. Oh my god. And then another day they needed graphic help. And I'm like, I know how to do illustrator from Wanted to be an industrial designer and, and doing computer graphics. So I understood Photoshop, Illustrator, Premiere, yeah. like everything Adobe. I was Adobe certified from. Really? Yeah. Oh, from school? From school. Whoa. Um, in design, like I understand Adobe products. It was just kind of, I was just kind of grew into this jack of all trades role. And the next big thing for me was learning how to deal with, with clients and, and be social and represent the brand and and um, communicate ideas and connect with people on, on a professional level. Yeah. Um, and I kind of learned that at a, at a young age. And so I've been able to like help produce some really cool projects and work with clients on, you know, creating, bringing these ideas to life. Um, so that was like the biggest thing for me into like solidifying my, my role with this company was, was not just, photography and and like you know having a good eye and and understanding how to tell a story visually but like being able to like just do all the things you know and like
0: it was just a crash course and like a creative career
1: I dropped out of school because I was basically getting so much more out of working here than than I was at school it didn't feel like the wrong move to to drop out of school I was like okay I want to spend like Every minute here, soaking up everything, learning from all these great people, and it just worked out. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So, I think that paints it well. And now here you are, the company has evolved, you've evolved, and it just keeps growing, and you Mm -hmm. keep doing more and taking on more. And as the company grows, the opportunities get cooler. So, all of that is to say and to lead up to like really what we wanted to do in this podcast is reverse engineer some of these steps and some of what you've learned to share this with anyone else that wants to have a career mm-hmm. in any type of creative space because now i think that you like you've learned so many lessons and you've leveled up so much as a creator in learning how to like get your product to a professional level where you can have something that's worth very real dollars mm-hmm. but then also how like working with people and understanding like that ecosystem and the corporate side the of, all of side. it the business side exactly Because I think what's happening right now is more than ever, anyone can pick up a camera, photo, Mm -hmm. video, editing, all of that. And it's so saturated that you have a lot of good work that gets unnoticed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's where I really wanted to get into it with you. Like anyone here at these pivotal moments of their life or their career, how to take that and like really get somewhere with it. So there's a couple things I heard and maybe I'll, I'll start and you can build on it. Okay. I think a huge thing that you said in the beginning was your, your pivot to L.A. Mm-hmm. Where like what you had a couple grand and you just fucking went for it mm-hmm. off of that. That's really scary. That to me from the outside feels like a risk that you needed to take. Did you know that at the time? Do you think that that oh, is I, something that everybody is going to have to do if they're going for this?
1: Oh, I hundred percent knew it, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't scary for me. I knew that I would succeed in in what I wanted to do just because of my sheer like determination to do so, okay. and so I actually in, really enjoyed like, I mean. For long, for like a few months, really enjoyed just like bumming it at this spot to save money and and all that. But like I just soaked it up. I'm like, I'll I'll never be at this point in my life ever again. Yeah. So I know where I'm going. Like visualization is is so huge to me. Like I I could visualize where where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do, and I just saw it as a real thing. Yeah. And so at that moment, it was like you know, I just enjoyed it. I, en- I enjoyed the process of it. And I think that's what anyone else who, who really has to send it like, like I did to really jump out of the world you're in into the world you want to be in is yeah. like, just understand that it's a process and you're, you're just at a, at a part of that process, visualize where you want to be and take the necessary steps to get there. And yeah. I feel like you got to just kind of figure that out on your own.
0: I like that. I like that. And I, I love the, my favorite part of what you said there is like, you knew it was a risk you had to take, but you really kind of loved it and you didn't mm-hmm. question it. Like no. you, you knew that you were going to do it. So you
1: just went for it. I can wholeheartedly say there was like not one day where I questioned like, what am I what am I doing? I mean, pretty much I was just like, I know I'm going to do what I want to do. It's just a matter of getting there.
0: That's fucking great. Yeah. Another piece that you said that stood out to me is you wrote a list of 20 names. Yeah, I think that something that is really easy to do right now with Instagram and the internet and everything is see other people's success and be like, I want that because, yeah, it looks sick. But do you really like specifying exactly what you want? Because yeah. like it's everybody can have success and success looks dope. Cool. You bought your cool house. You got your cool car, whatever, whatever. But like, what do you actually want? You very specifically wanted to work in this automotive space. And you very specifically kind of focused your craft and got good at this automotive photography, not to say you didn't have other skills, but you kind of zeroed in on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, not all 20 were automotive related, like some were just like photo, photo, but still, but still.
0: Yeah. Where I really like that, where like when you then go and write these letters and get in front of people, you know what you're asking for. You Mm -hmm. know what you're trying to do. You know the value you're going to bring. And it's very specific. It's not just put me on. Yeah, So that's something I heard in your story. Where I was like, hmm, interesting. It's true.
1: And I think that kind of goes back to something I, I really believe strongly in, which is like visualization and, and manifestation. And, you know, I, I used to make mood boards of before I moved to LA of like what my life in LA would be like. I pictured myself reading books at a coffee shop when it's raining. So I like on my mood board, I'd have like a LA co- the coffee shop by where I moved to in Pasadena on a rainy day, you know, like weird stuff like that. But like I purely just pictured myself in this world that I wanted to jump into. Yeah. And, you know, I pictured myself doing what I'm doing today. And I was like, I told you the other day, like, I had a weird moment where I was hanging out at Larry Chen's house, working with him. And I just had an epic trip with him in the Faroe Islands and all this stuff. When I used to sit in my room, like, scrolling through his feed, I'm like, oh, this is is cool. I want to do this. And it's like, that was a weird moment where I'm like, whoa, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm doing this like I really saw myself doing what I'm doing right now. And I think anybody can do that. Yes. It's it's really just about believing in yourself 100%. I mean, sure, you can have your moments of doubt, but it you got to push that away because it's all about just sending it.
0: Yes, I agree. But to take that and make it a little less cliche, what I'm hearing about you from the outside is like you really defined what you wanted, mm-hmm. like you made these mood boards, you looked at these things, you'd scroll through this specific person's feed and look at these specific images. You started to catalog like even back to your days of like reading magazines, mm-hmm. right Like you got really specific with the things that inspired you. And I think that that's that to me, at least, is an important thing to differentiate there. It's a good point. I never really thought about that That's like how I'm specific hearing. i got but and like i i see it to this day i'll <laughs> yeah. sit down and i'll watch you edit a photo and you'll be like i saw this thing the way the light hit this and i'm trying to get it and mm-hmm. you'll edit in a way for like that and i think that like lesson applies to any creative is like find the things that inspire you and like master those things and be clear of like what you are interested in. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people will help people if you tell them what you want or if you clearly define what you're going for. And that's what I see in you from afar. I'm like, ah, it's a good point. So then my question. So we talked a lot about believing in yourself Mm -hmm. and defining those goals and having those goals. And you wrote your list of places you wanted to work down. And I like all of that, but I want to get even grittier with like, the tangible skills Mm. to getting good. So right now, like you said something like where Jacob's like, there's not a job for you as a photographer here. That's an interesting point of conversation because I think now people do kind of have to be these like jack of all trades. So like very specifically in 2021, what programs does a creator need to have on lock to get Programs, like or like, what skills, like? Oh, okay. What what do you, what do you need to have unlocked to be considered, in your opinion? I mean, these days, I mean, you gotta you gotta
1: understand social if you want to, you know, really put yourself out there. Yeah, which is something I'm I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, well, like, I mean, like, I guess it depends on on what on what kind of creator you want to be.
0: Me, yeah, maybe I set for, you up for a tricky for, one. For me, yeah.
1: I like to know all the Adobe products, minus After Effects. Okay. That that one, I mean, you do you sorcery over there. That sorcery, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, just like I guess, like the thing that I was getting at in my head as I was thinking about that is, I was like, damn, I think that a lot of people learn Lightroom and Photoshop Mm -hmm. and get good at photos, but I think not as many people learn video editing and Illustrator. And I think that I've seen more and more, at least in twenty one twenty-one, like you kinda gotta know those.
1: Yeah, I agree. Even other people I meet in the industry, they they know how to animate titles and they know how to edit video yeah. and they know how to shoot the video. Yeah. Like that's three skills right there that's wrapped up into one role. Yeah. Um, you know, for me it's and other people at Race Service, we understand that multiple languages, like Illustrator, yeah, you know, Photoshop, uh premiere. Um, da Vinci, whatever like program yeah. you use, but like it's different skill sets that all kind of benefit the same, you know, like agency approach. I guess I don't know. It's tough for me to talk about it because I feel like there's I'm still finding the balance between like it's that age old thing like jack of all trades, master of none. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I find so much more value in understanding multiple roles than focusing on one specific thing, right? I feel like eventually it'll, it'll be nice to really master one thing, Yeah, but like being young and and wanting to learn so much, I, I enjoy like really kind of trying to do everything. And I feel like that's kind of not a trend, but like where things are at nowadays is like, you need to be able to wear different hats on any day.
0: Yeah. I, I, that topic actually gets talked about quite a lot on this podcast because I feel like I kind of have that creative ADD and I've like gone down this and learned this and a little dabble in this and that and this. And I do think it's important. Yeah. But then I really admire some of the people that have just become the master of this, right?
1: Me too, man. Yeah. But it's weird because then I also admire the people that can put on any hat and, and, and do good at it. So, yeah. That's something I'm, I'm still figuring out and, and, and don't have
0: a good answer for. Yeah, that's personally. interesting. Because I, I think that like it's that, maybe it's that like foot in the door. It's like if you're going to get the attention and someone's going to give you a chance, you kind of got to be able to like build a wall or edit a video or edit a photo or yeah. take a photo or hold a camera.
1: And sweep the shop, man. You got to yeah. do it all. But I think it's about how much, I guess at the end of the day, it's how much value you can bring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That is a really interesting one because again, there's value in both. But I guess
1: it's where you can
0: bring the most. Right. At, yeah. at that point in time. Because I don't think you should learn things you don't care about. Right? Like, oh, if you force yourself to learn a program and you're like doing it just because you want to be like well rounded. I don't know. So, like, you have to gravitate towards the things you're interested in. True. For me, I'm kind of interested in all of it. So, that's also a problem because if
1: I was just doing one thing, I'd, I'd probably get kind of, you know, unmotivated, uninspired, or a little bored. Yeah. But um, what excites you the most right now? Honestly, I think it's just like those. Creative meetings we have where we're like pitching to a new client and coming up with ideas and like really seeing that idea through, yeah, but at the end of the day, I always love delivering like a fire photo set it's yeah. just it's so fun, and so it's between those two for me is like just the whole creative ideation behind a lot of the projects that we have, and then the whole process of seeing it through and like you know finding locations um building the team together who's available who 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 can we bring together on this because we're balancing so many other things and like yeah. the producer aspect is is exciting to me yeah um, yeah and and directing and, and coming up with ideas is like it's new for me and it's and it's uh yeah it's it's a fun ride i like that yeah
0: so did we cover how to get a foot in the door well enough because i think that's uh-huh. something that like I really did want to lean into. Mm -hmm. I also kind of want to get into like unexpected challenges or like uh, more of like once you're in the door, like the things that you constant, constant learning, constant improvement, Mm -hmm. because that never goes away. But I really just like, it's so rare that I get to have someone like yourself, like a creative director who's like really made it happen. Mm -hmm. And I just want to pay as much value forward to anyone that's interested in like getting that role. All right.
1: I kick it off with, just start with yeah. what you got, um, create what you can, and just keep learning on your own. It's the images and like the portfolio that I had coming in is, is what got me the job. And, 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 I, and I just, I did what I could with what I had. And like,
0: Ooh. I, yeah, I don't That's know. That's a it's, quote I love do what you can with what you have while you're, wh- what? Do what you can with what you have where you're at.
1: Do what you can with what you have, where you're at. I like that too. Yeah, yeah it's true though. I mean, dare to dream, do your
0: thing. It's, yeah, you know, and we're out here just reading, live, laugh, love. Yeah, sayings. that's the <laughs> teleprompter right there. It's just live, laugh, love. So I hate how cliche some of those are. It's but I, so true though. Like yeah, I don't um, care how
1: cliche it is. Just if you want to be a photographer, pick up a camera and, and go shoot. Meet and meet people and just have fun. But like at the end of the day, it's about, it's about your body of work and and showing what you can do and showing your potential. I think that's what it was, was like, it was my potential. Yeah, It it wasn't the greatest photos in the world. It's just like, I had a unique style and I think I just showed that I had potential. I had drive and I had passion. And if you are truly passionate about chasing your dream, just keep at it and do, do what you can with what you have where you're at. I'm yeah. going to run with that.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like that. Something else you said there that I was like, ooh, yes, I'm so glad that you said that is defining your style. because mm-hmm. We did talk a little bit about that briefly. And that is something that I think is very important. It's true. How um, do you perfect that? How do you do that? Like and how important is that? It's, it's important for sure. The,
1: the photographers and cinematographers and even directors like really stand out that people know like they have a style a very unique style and like for me it's always been fun kind of dissecting everybody's style and like what what makes their stuff so unique i can see an image of an f1 car mm-hmm. and with no name attached to it and i'm like oh i know who shot that really but, like that's vladimir reese or like even year like ryan davis oh, you yeah, know, yeah, that one, you know, that one, you, know yeah. you, you know what i mean yeah, you yeah, see yeah, a I photo like, yeah, yeah. and you're like oh ryan shot that Yeah. You know? And so how, how does one develop their own style? Because I know there's a, I mean, I don't want to be a hater here, but there's a lot of photographers in, you know, in the social media world where, you know, their shots could be anybody's. It's just, true, and they're just knocking people's style. So how do you really grow out and, and do your own? Yeah. For me, I think it came very naturally. I think just how I was raised and stuff. I was, I was always like dissect, reverse engineering movies and stuff. And like, Mimic like some of the best stuff from like my favorite cinematographers that I look up to, or even just pushing myself to try new things. And then I find new things that I like and I just run with it, like happy accidents. And then that becomes like almost like a, a, a quiver in, or an arrow in your quiver. Yeah. You're like, oh, I did this this one time and it turned out sweet. Like I put a water bottle up to my lens and like it created this cool bouquet effect to, to like frame the subject. And then that's like that's like a little that's a little secret of like some of my photos is like I'll put stuff in front of the lens to like kind of frame it in a in a cool composition or add some color to the mix. And I think developing your your style is really building a visual library inside of inspiration yeah and also trying new things, seeing what works for you and what what you like at the end of the day. Yeah, it's about what what you like, I think. Some of my least favorite photo shoots is stuff where I really had to to do a certain style or something. and and my favorite ones are always when I just grab a camera and go and like, in the moment, like this is what i this is what I'm seeing. this is what i this is the kind of image I want to create
0: right, yeah, you it's know, a tough one to answer, but no, 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 I like that. And I, there's a lot that I kind of, as you're saying that, I'm thinking with it, and something else that I'm kind of thinking with in that is like, I, I won't be able to reference the book or who who talked about it, but the the idea was don't be don't be consumable for everyone. Don't try yeah. to please everyone. Oh, that's great! Like find that niche thing, and it, it, it don't even find your niche audience. Don't be out there looking for your audience, but just like do the shit that you like. Like yeah. if you like a certain color palette or a certain moody feeling of a an image or a video or a style, like. Lean into the stuff that you like and be so okay with the fact that it's not for everyone. Because, like, if you try to please everyone, you're going to get this mediocre photo of like a cute dog. And you're like, cool, everybody can take that photo. So, like, kind of just being like, sweet, this is not going to be for people who like this, this, and this. But Mm -hmm. the people, I feel like the people that do like what you're doing will be like, yo.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think what that boils down to is just do what you like to do. If you doubt yourself, then that's like the first wrong turn you can make mm. on your path to your goals or mm-hmm. your dreams. Is doubting yourself? It's it's just if you know you want to be somewhere, if you're doubting yourself, it's a waste of it's a waste of time. Wow, that I had to put
0: that out there. That's big. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I've never heard you say that before, but I like that. And I've, I've never
1: heard myself say that, but I've always thought oh my it. Goodness,
0: <laughs> I've <laughs> always thought it. That's yeah. for sure.
1: If I ever caught myself even for a second, like doubting myself on anything, it's just well, I could doubt myself or I could just do it and see what happens. And that actually is another great topic is learning from your failures because sometimes when you do just send it and do it and you mess up royally, yeah, there's a good lesson for to to be had there. Yeah. So I, that's been another big part of my journey and i think everybody's journey but is is learning from failure is is huge yeah so don't be frightened by it if, if you fail it's like take it as a as a as a lesson take the approach of like okay yeah i fucked up uh well what can i learn from this mm-hmm. how can i do better next time and sometimes you may be like, oh damn, there's not gonna be a next time. But uh <laughs> no, just just learn what you can and and see everything as a lesson. I really like to consider myself a student of life and like I think that's why we all vibe at race services. We're all students of life. We just every day there's a lesson to be had and like we just try new things and if if they don't go as planned, like be quick to adapt. Yeah. Or if it fails like flat on its face, just take it as a lesson.
0: Yeah. Like that's, kind of, that's another thing in you that I'm so intrigued by is like, it's not that you don't or have never failed, but you just, you typically don't let that really weigh on you at all. Like it's very much just matter of fact, like, Oh, that didn't work up. Oh, I fucked <laughs> that up. Keep going, whatever. Yeah, And I, maybe that's like, I liked what you said about like, don't lean into that doubt. Don't let that doubt exist Mm -hmm. on a rough day. How do you get yourself? Like, how do you maintain that attitude and everything you do? Cause you've pushed yourself through some pretty uncomfortable situations. And it sounds like that's been a successful thing that you've done. What, what brings you back? What levels you out to me? I guess it's just, uh, if it's not a good day today and I'm, and you know, shit
1: happens just tomorrow, tomorrow's a new day. Sometimes I'll just, you know, if shit really falls flat, I'll, I'll mope about it for the day or something. I won't doubt myself, but I'll be like, I'll be upset about it, and but I'll I'll, I'll think to myself about how, what happened, and, and really dissect the situation, and then be like, okay, well, that's today. Tomorrow's new, it's a fresh start. So that's yeah. that's my answer to that, I guess. That's cool. Like, don't let it don't let it waste too much of your time, you know. Yeah. But another thing too is like always trying your best. I think that's why I don't really let failure get to me is because I really do try my best in every scenario. If I fail, I'm like, well, there's not much more I could have done. So why uh, beat myself up about it when, when I genuinely tried my best and, you know, mistakes happen or or shit comes up or, you know, it's show business. You know, not everything that's goes. Show business, plan. baby. So another lesson is is just try be your best. Strive to be your best. And then if you fail, then you know that there's not much more you could have done to avoid right. it. If you're half assing it and you fail, well, that's it's probably on you.
0: Right. And you can feel that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not saying i every failure of mine has been because I've tried my best. I'm sure there's, you know, there's been moments where I've I've half has something, but that was the lesson. Yeah. Don't half ass anything. There you go. Do your best. Yeah. Okay. I like
0: that. So I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot of that as far as like being a creative and like how to how to like. A couple Mm -hmm. of these things of like defining yourself, not doubting yourself, pressing through all of that. Is there any like if you were sitting down with me and I'm over here and I'm just like trying to get my foot in the door, like if you were to go back to that version of yourself, Mm -hmm. is there anything you would have done differently or what advice would you give to me like in that like fresh out of school kind of thing? For me, I don't think there's anything I would have done differently. But
1: advice wise I think it's really just shoot your shot and, and network, like yeah. connect with people. Like before I worked at race service, I, I did a lot of cool, like random freelance jobs and it was all from just meeting people, you know, sometimes it's by chance. Um, sometimes it's like cold calling and reaching out. yeah Um, it's definitely like who you know is, is important. important. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't be afraid to do free photo shoots on Facebook. You know, you never know who you, who you'll meet or. Yeah. Um,
0: I I love that. And I I think like you can get really crafty with that. I think that's mm -hmm. something that I've noticed lately is like, you can hear that. It sounds kind of cliche, like, Oh, reach out, build your network, whatever. But as it gets a little more cluttered, finding like weird ways to get on people's radar. Yeah. Like something that I noticed that like, it's crazy how much it worked, but I started a Patreon for this podcast. Mm hmm. And there's four tiers and the final tier is $25 a month. And I literally, the top line of it is like, I don't expect anyone to do this. Like I was like, don't do this. But then two people did it. Damn. And I was like, what the fuck? And for me. Shout out to those two people. Fucking huge shout out to them. You know who you are and it means the world. (laughs) But like the thing about that. Was then to me like they like they really liked the show and there was like some value that I could bring to them. They Mm -hmm. were like, "Oh, you know these people. I'm trying to do this," and then what did I do? I was like, "Yo, let me help you. I'll introduce you." Like, I can't believe you did this thing for me. Let me help you. And that's in all reality, that's twenty five bucks. That's the best twenty five bucks you ever spent, right? (sighs) But like that, like I was thinking about that. I was like, "That's so fucking smart." Like, find those things like in anyone that you want to meet or network with. How can you exceed their expectations? Like there's stuff there. Mm -hmm. And that one really got me thinking because it's like not only networking, but then it's like when you find those people, how can you impress them? How can you leave a mark? And I think that uh, that will never go away. You'll always be able to do it, but you just have to get scrappier and scrappier. True. And
1: and another thing too is a good way to leave your mark is, is let your work speak for itself.
0: Fuck, dude. You have these... There's so many values that you have, and you're explaining them, and you're saying it so simply, and I'm just like, so simple, yeah, he just takes like you just like what you do and just keep perfecting it, and I'm like, God, it really is that simple <laughs> yeah, over here. it's
1: simple, but it's not easy,
0: yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, it's yeah. simple, but
1: it's not easy it well, it gets i don't know actually, you take that back goes me like it gets easier, but actually like it, it it's it's always hard, mm-hmm. you know, but if you genuinely enjoy it, then then hard is easy.
0: Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. You know what because I mean? You're like stoked to show up. And yeah. You're stoked at the challenges. Exactly. It's and- not
1: easy work, but when you enjoy it, like it's a lot easier than serving tables. That's for
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that other side is yeah. like.
1: But side note, I do appreciate working and having worked in the service industry yeah. for a while, especially, especially as a teenager and growing up. I feel like, that really also helped me
0: like the perspective that it gives yeah. you yeah
1: yeah just yeah just a side note like no
0: i, I feel if, that. if you I, work if you've worked in the service industry you know i think it is massively important to have really shitty jobs before you oh, start 100%. doing what you love because then every day that you're not doing that shitty job even your worst day yeah doing what you love you're like wow this is this great. is a great day yeah <laughs> Like, dude seriously yeah. Wow, there's, my...
1: there's no way to truly appreciate having like a job that you love without having a job that you didn't love.
0: Totally, you know what I mean? Totally, because when you're in it, when you're in the thick of it with your friends and everything sucks, you like look over at your friends and you're like, This sucks. What's up? I'm with my squad, yeah, exactly. Whereas you don't just like have some asshole boss yelling at you for something where you're like, I couldn't begin to care ever, yep, yeah. Well, I don't want to get too rambly. This was kind of an episode where I wanted to just very open freestyle riff back and forth and just talk about some of these things. Mm. Because again, I feel like any conversation that could potentially shed light and help anyone get a job in a career that they're interested in is something that I'm like, cool, I did something Dude, that helped. And I think you that's kind of what you said when we yeah. started
1: this. Even if it just gives you the people the motivation to keep going. Like if you are feeling like, that feeling of doubt and stuff or like oh there's so many other people that do this like just dig deep and like don't waste your time doubting see how you can be better than those people and and see how you can you know be at the top of your game and and stand out from the crowd and and let your work speak for itself kind of everything we talked about just use that as as motivation to just keep going now i'm at a point where 5 years ago i set my 5 year plan and I've been fortunate enough to like, you know, pretty much achieve that. You know, my realistic five year plan. I still don't have a Porsche or anything like that. But <laughs> when, that shit doesn't matter. That's unrealistic like, dreams, you yeah. know. Like ah, oh, twenty five. Yeah, you know, maybe you no. Know. But now it's like I'm at a point where I've actually kind of surpassed my career goals a bit. But now it's like, where do I go? Where do I go from here? So I think it's that's that's what's next for me. Is is um. How can I further grow? Yeah. And this is a little bit more where like five years ago, coming out of school and stuff, I had the visualization like down, like I had my mood boards and I would just, I really saw where I wanted to be. And now I'm having these moments of like, oh, here I am doing this stuff. that I want to be, but like, I haven't really maintained that practice of visualization. I've just been so in the thick of it. So now I'm like, oh snap, where am I going to be? In five five years like when i'm 30
0: you kind of just fucked me up with that
1: it's a new it's a new realm for me so like this is now i'm like oh wow what am i gonna do i'm kind you of already just know the
0: answer don't you already know that like wh- yeah. the work that you did visualizing these things like you laid such a great groundwork and defined that so well that that all laid out and played or sorry played out yeah so then, to me, the the obvi- the answer seems pretty obvious. Of like, you just need to go back to the drawing board and I create do. that again, and look at what re inspires you, and mm-hmm. do that. What worked for you then, I feel, would work for you all over again. You just need to just need to sit down and do it. Come back to that's, it. That's where I'm at. Yeah, Recently, maybe I'm wrong.
1: No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I I kind of got into this zone of just go with the flow, like reaching these goals of mine, and it's and I've just been in the flow and I've just been going with it, but now I'm kind of like. Okay, what's next? Like, yeah, what are what am I gonna do? What am I like? How am I gonna keep growing? Um, yeah, where do I really want to be in five years? And so I think it just takes a good amount of of you you versus not you versus you, but like just personal time, like you yeah. with yourself.
0: It's like discomfort's such a bitch. Yeah. You don't like it, but then you realize when you've avoided it for so long and you've just been cruising, mm-hmm. you're not as quite like fulfilled or I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like I know what you mean. I think that you grow so much when you do have some pressure. I you're think slightly
1: Exactly. Injured. There was there's was so much pressure on me to 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 move to LA and and to work and to have a, a job that I love. Like that was number one for me was like, I don't wanna hate my job. I wanna do something that I love. Like I don't even care how much money I make. It, like I want to enjoy what I do every day. Yeah. And now I do enjoy what I do with every day. And that I, there was so much pressure, and like that's all I cared about was getting to where I'm at. Now it's like, okay, how do I maintain this? How do I keep growing? How how do I become better than I was yesterday? You know, how do I just be be the best I can be? And so now it's it's kind of going back to the drawing board at this point. I don't point.
0: think that ever goes away though. Yeah, maybe not. I think that, like, I just don't, right? Yeah, like, no, there's maybe always right. going to be goals. You're always going to be thinking about that stuff. But the fact that you're aware that you have accomplished some of it is what's so great.
1: It is. And I also think, too, like, there's nothing wrong with, like, being in that zone where that I've been in recently, which is just going with the flow. Like, I do what I got to do. And, like, I am growing and learning every day, but I'm not so, I'm not under so much of my own pressure to do so. I'm yeah. just enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying the ride. And, like, I'm I'm taking time for myself when I can to like go skate and you know do car stuff and dude dude
0: I really liked this Let me too I really, really liked this, this is cool you really got me to talk I mean I wanted to hear it yeah you had, you had a lot and uh, again for like a listener I hope this was helpful I yeah. know like typically with an episode i'll go a little deeper into like tell me your full story this 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 and this but i kind of wanted to just get to this conversation of like this open form, like let's yeah. talk about a creative career this, let's talk about it so it's important I hope for it was me because
1: you know people people dm me all the time or not all the time but every now and then message me about like how, how do you have this job you have the coolest job in the world and like so hard for me to just write that all out it's exactly. like there's a lot to now it now you man. have a podcast link. yeah now i'll just send them the like, link
0: yeah. <laughs> like first 30 minutes my story second yeah. 30 minutes me trying to explain that yeah. question i uh, hope it made sense like i that, think so like yeah. again some of it sounds cliche but it's like fuck man if it keeps getting said there gotta be some truth to it and i mean yeah not everything cliches
1: is wrong you know it's facts it seems you know it's simple it's not easy but like Really it's just it's just putting your mind to it and yeah. and just not expecting success to happen in a day like like you know, it's probably a short time for some people or you know, a long time for others, but like four years just teaching myself, going to Barnes and Nobles, learning and just going out and just doing it for the love of it and yeah and working for it. So
0: Yeah. No, I, I love just that. don't give
1: like, up, don't doubt yourself.
0: That re-inspires me. I'm two years deep in the podcast and I'm like, I got a couple more years to put into this, but oh, that's God, okay. Dude. But I love it. Um, how does anybody find you? How do they DM you and ask you how you got your job? <laughs> no, it's Thaddeus, T-H.
1: Okay, actually, it, my name is Thaddeus, but this is a tough one. Uh, but my my A and my name is a V on Instagram. I know mm-hmm. it's real original. Um,
0: I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah,
1: T-H-V-D-D-E-U-S. Used to be rad Thad, huh. but then I googled rad Thad, and there was like s- some guy that was pretty sus. Oh no! That came up, I'm like, Just fucking right. up your name. I was like,
0: I gotta switch my brand up. Get out of here! Yeah, fuck you, rad so, dad, for not being rad. Yeah, seriously. you had one job. You had one job, rad Thad. Yeah, do forget appealing. the story.
1: But it was it was inappropriate. So <laughs> uh,
0: and peep his work because it's really cool and inspiring, and, and I like it. A check bunch. out race service. Yeah, yeah, we both like that a
1: bunch. We I don't even know if we successfully like. Describe, Describe the place. Explo- I don't know. Just check it out. The guys out.
0: will listen. They'll be like, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, okay? Trust us. It's Just, cool. It's a cool place. <laughs> All right. Well, cool, thank bro. you so It's been much, a pleasure. Dude. Boom. So there it is, Thad's story, I really hope you liked that and I really hope you got value out of it. I hope that we did share some good pieces of advice, actionable steps, or insight that can really actually help you. And if you did get something out of it or if you know somebody that needs to hear this episode, again, share it with them, send it over to them, and help me make Thad's day by shooting him a message and letting him know that you did get something out of it. That would make me really happy because, again, he doesn't really come on podcasts often, and I very much value his time and his generosity for sharing all this wisdom. All right, there it is. I'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you, as always, for listening. Have a good day.